This is the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast, episode number 38, April 25th, 2023. This week's Baldy of the Week is Homer Simpson from the long-running TV show cartoon, The Simpsons. April 26th, National Day Celebration is Administrative Professionals Day. This day in history, April 25th, 1792, the guillotine was first used in France to execute highwayman Nicholas Pelletier. We talk a little bit about Pastor Aaron's message last Sunday at Wyatt Park Christian Church on the Holy Spirit, who is the seal. Thanks again for joining us, friends. We're so thankful for all of our Baldy buddies. We hope you have a great week and a fantastic day. And now... Let's go get this bread. They're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. What's up, baldy buddies, and welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. Mm. I'm your host, Aaron Michaud, and I'm joined by, as always, Pastor Ben Hitsfield. Good as morning. Always, our podcast is about to turn episode wise my age next yeah, week and then is. your age the following week. So, oh goodness. work. I mean, it's not far from. That's fun. Like a year's worth. We, we didn't. We didn't hesitate to, to start the podcast from the time you. I don't know. I mean, it, I'll have to go back and see what did what date it was. You jumped on that, but it just it was like boom. It was our idea. It was kind of percolating in the mind. Like right as we were kind of figuring, okay, he's going to be coming. I was thinking, man, we we got to do something with with this baldness, and we got we got to so and we got it. <clears throat> so it's worked out, man. All right, baldy of the week. So I'm going back to um, well, I'm I mean, not really going back. I guess it's I grew up with this guy, mm. um, watching him on TV. Yeah, uh, Homer J. Simpson. Oh, I didn't realize that was his middle name, Homer J. Hmm. Did you know that before? Uh, probably because Marge maybe yells at him. Or no, something. I used to listen to some, like they used to do CDs and stuff back in the day when that was a thing still. Mm. Um, and I remember there's a song that Bart sang. Oh. And I don't know, it, get, it mm. gets mentioned there for some reason. Mm. But anyway, Homer J. Simpson is a fictional character and the main protagonist of the American animated sitcom The Simpsons. Homer and his wife Marge have three children, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. As the family's provider, he works at the Springfield Nuclear Power mm. Plant as a safety inspector, which has given them, they've gotten some mileage out of that one. Mm. 
Um, Homer embodies many American working class stereotypes. He is obese, <laughs> immature, outspoken, aggressive, balding, lazy, ignorant, unprofessional, fond of beer, junk food, and watching television. <laughs> However, he is f- a fundamentally good man and is staunchly protective of his family, especially when they need him most. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a well worded uh, yes paragraph there. Homer is one of the most influential characters in the history of television and is widely considered to be an American cultural icon. The British newspaper, the Sunday Times, described him as the greatest comic creation of modern time. Mm. He was named the greatest character of the last 20 years in 2010 by Entertainment Weekly and was ranked the second greatest cartoon character by TV Guide behind Bugs Bunny. Man, it's a pretty good company. Yeah. Um, He was voted greatest television character of all time by Channel 4 viewers. For voicing Homer, uh, Castanella has won four Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Voiceover Performance and a Special Achievement Annie Award. In 2000, Homer and his family were awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Really? Interesting. (laughs) This cartoon character has a laundry list of awards that goes beyond most human actors which is pretty interesting that, that is funny. um but now did you grow up watching the simpsons wasn't allowed you weren't allowed that one no and i don't know even if we were allowed i don't know if we your parents were better than mine gotten into it so um we had some friends that watched it but and i think you know there were things that our parents didn't allow us to watch like wrestling that we we watched for sure and and other things like mm. but that was one that we weren't allowed to watch that we i guess we didn't really have a desire to watch and so it just kind of you know through the years and then even as i've gotten older i never i've never i don't know if i've ever watched a full episode are they 30 minutes yeah in an episode i've never watched a full or 23 episode of, because of the commercials so, may, but. so maybe you'll have to like let me know like what's what, what's if there's like a top you know do the row i like um we jettisoned our Disney Plus um, subscription, but I remember going back and trying to like. I was like, I'll, I'll watch The Simpsons again. The, the early seasons were rough. Um, I'm surprised it actually caught on the way it did because like the animation was so bad oh. and the humor wasn't that funny. But like they did get traction later on. So early yeah. on, if you like go all the way back to the beginning, um, you got a pain train for a little bit. Um, but there are some really classic shows that I feel like start off a little, yeah, you know, they tap yeah. into something. But yeah, I, I it, mm. Simpsons is one of those cartoons like you know your parents saying you didn't watch it. It was like when cartoons became a medium for something other than like children's shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where that's not the target audience. No, yeah. yeah, and that was like I remember Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. on Nickelodeon. Simpsons was one of those. Yeah. And again, our, like I didn't have parents that watched us like a hawk on that stuff, so sure. we, we were free to watch that kind of thing. But uh, looking back on it, I'm going, it's interesting that that season that became a thing, you know. And now some of the most successful running shows are exactly that. Simpsons mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. running for 30 plus years now. It was a, it was ahead of its time. Really. It's the longest running primetime television show. That's there are shows that have it beat otherwise, but primetime is wow. the longest running show. Um, I mean, I think of like South Park as another one. That one I haven't watched because it's pretty <laughs> brutal. Yeah, but it has sure. gotten hugely popular and is mm-hmm. like uh, clearly not for children, yeah. right? Um, as a, as a medium, but or like Family Guy, you know, that was yeah. so. Now, did Family Guy did that come after like like Simpsons, in, like yeah. in the lineup? Basically, you'd yeah. have The Simpsons and then you would have Family Guy. 
Okay. And so I, I was introduced to Family Guy in Bible college of all places, oh, gosh, yes. where my discipleship group, <laughs> that was one of our rituals, we'd have a devotional and we'd go and get pizza and then we'd watch an episode of Family Guy and break it down a little bit. There so. you go. Philosophical breakdown of <laughs> cultural critique. There, right? That's that what, what we were was? doing. That right? was, that's cultural what it was. Cultural critique. critique. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Simpsons is pretty tame compared to some of the ones that have yeah. come since. Oh, yeah. And I feel like Fox... Like, I feel like they've always had, like, these shows that are just sort of just not, you know, like the family values or maybe they are sort of like a critique of family value or whatever. Like, it just seems like Fox kind of... Well, you laugh because they try to appeal to, like, those who are, like, culturally conservative. And, like, you watch some of these shows (laughs) and you're like, how is this airing? Was Married with Children, was that on Fox? I think it was. You know, I mean, so, like, that was another one we we couldn't I mean, that was one of those sitcoms that it was just, like, so... Al Bundy. It's just too funny. He he probably gets bold enough to maybe be featured at some point. I don't know. (laughs) Could be. So, interesting. Like, I know you're not overly familiar with Homer, but, um, yeah, yeah, again, you you have been living in the United States for the last 30 years. What do you think about him as a character has resonated with people so much? Like, why is he the second greatest (laughs) comic creation... Or cartoon character of all time in people's minds. Yeah. Um, and how did he become a cultural icon, do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that second paragraph that you read really says mm. a lot how he embodies many American working class stereotypes. And uh, obviously that's not a very glowing <laughs> critique sure. of it. But at the very end it closes out. He is fundamentally a good man who is staunchly protective of his family, especially when they need him the most. And so I think Homer probably – uh, for uh, we all know a Homer in our life. Hmm. Um, some of us may be Homers, and so and, in the and, mirror, I look in the mirror every day, and I'm like, I'm getting closer. <laughs> yeah. Although I found out he was like 36 when the series oh. started, I'm like, oh no, I am Homer. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's just a simple. There's a, there, there's a simplicity there with him. With you know, he he works hard, you know, but then he also like he he relaxes hard too, you know, and. And there's there's a there's the dad joke, you know. I mean, there's mm-hmm. sort of that 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 culture kind of thing with him, and um, so I don't know. I think there's just there's enough uh, in his character that makes him relatable, even if not to someone personally, where they could see his character and say, "Oh, that was my dad, or that was my uncle, or my grandpa, or whoever." Yeah. So I think that's probably a part of it. Yeah, he is hugely relatable. And I do think there's something about some of the things, because he's kind of a caricature of these traits, mm. it's almost like a satirical commentary on my own worst tendencies. Oh, sure. <laughs> so yeah. I, get to, yeah. I get to watch Homer yeah. and uh, laugh mm-hmm. going, what an idiot. And then sure. at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah. I got to make sure I don't do Right, that. right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could probably see some of the different things in his in his character, maybe character flaws or personality flaws, that um, you know, take your pick and say, well, this one, yeah, okay, he's sure, okay, they're talking to me right now. So, um, and even someone as simple as him though has these moments mm-hmm. of of yeah. being admirable in many ways, being profound in in some some unexpected ways. Yeah. Per- perhaps I would imagine there's probably. Oh, I'm going I'm to Google Homer Simpson quotes right now because I'm sure there's some really good ones out there <laughs> that could make that became could right. make a sermon. So. Oh, I am sure. Well, he like his fondness of donuts. Oh, there's <laughs> yeah. just so so many. I mean, so one of the things that they'll have some fun with is he's had like over 300 jobs, I think. Oh. Besides the power plant. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. But he only he only holds these other jobs for one episode. Oh. So a lot of times they'll have a lot of fun. 
and with that too, where he like tries his hand out at other things, which I think in, in, we live in a culture where like, what do they say? People are going to have like a dozen careers. Yeah. Like that's just becoming commonplace. Whether primary or side hustles or whatever. Like that's a, that's been a a fun little thing that I don't know if they are necessarily trying to play off of. Um, but that kind of, I think, has resonated a little bit. I was sharing – you can get some quotes here in a second, but I was sharing with you last week. One of my f- – the most me- – I don't know if it was my favorite or if it was just something that stuck with me was one time he finds out that if he gains like a little extra weight because he's already <laughs> fat, he can actually work from home and get like disability. That's great. Um, and so <laughs> he, d- he does. He, he like puts on this weight and can like do his power plant safety stuff from his computer at home. Yeah. And basically it consists of him just pressing a button over and over and over again like every 15 minutes. Oh, so he is walking around in a moo-moo yeah. the entire time. Um, and he gets bored at home, so he starts going out being a, like a fat guy in a moo-moo. <laughs> and he puts one of those little bird like drop things that just uh, goes up and down, like yeah. pecking oh. on on the key. Yeah. Well, you know, that was a great idea, except for it gets knocked over, and then like there's like the threat of it like ruining <laughs> and blowing up the whole nuclear power plant. But it was like I just he saw opportunity. He's like, I could collect disability yeah. if I just eat more. Yeah, and like he was all over that. He was <laughs> all over that. Fantastic. As a guy who likes to eat, I can relate a little bit <laughs> for but, sure. Do you got any good yeah. quotes? Oh yeah, the the first one that I'm seeing here, and this is like. Friday night, you know, what's the point of going out? We're just going to wind up back here anyways, you know? <laughs> so for those who, yeah, I mean, that's that makes sense. My, that's like, we should, my wife and I should just put that up on our wall. We're kind of <laughs> like, we've gotten to the stage of life where it's like, ah, it's just too difficult. Oh, here's one. Okay, so season 14, episode 15. All my life, I've had one dream, to achieve my many goals. <laughs> I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do some more of this later on. And Dude, he is – anyway. So Homer, Homer J. Simpson, If again, I'm not encouraging anybody to watch a show that they would deem inappropriate or whatever. But sure. do understand that this is a guy who has yeah. a, become a cultural icon. And there, there are some things about it that I really do appreciate that yeah. he's brought to light. Sure. Um, and I don't know. Like one, one of the other things that he's kind of highlighted for me – um, in our culture, and this may, didn't start with him, mm. but the dumb dad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it's, thinking. It's interesting how uh-huh. sitcoms have have gone at dads, uh-huh. where they you yeah. know, um, and tried to like undermine that in some some fashion or form. Yeah. And for him though, it's like it's one of those things where it felt like it started off that way, and then at times there's been these redeeming moments. Mm. Um, mm. But that was just a trope that I think developed. I don't know if it was the late '80s, early '90s, and kind of has continued for a while. Where, yeah. again, that classic family that you like looked up to, right? That yeah. like they totally pivoted there. Yeah. Uh, and The Simpsons is a good example of that. And so do get it together with your Bible college friends, yeah. and maybe watch that and go, what is this undermining? Yeah. Um, yeah. In some in some ways that might be a good thing, mm. um, but in a lot of ways it might be, man, this is if this has undermined yeah. some, yeah. some really the bedrock of some of our, yeah, like again strong family values or that sort of thing that sure. have been helpful. Um, and then at the same time, it can make fun of those. Like Ned Flanders was a character I loved on The Simpsons. He's like okay, your, yeah, your classic neighbor. Christian neighbor. Mm-hmm. 
Um, with the mustache. And yeah, and some of it is that like a mockery of of, of Christianity, or at sure. least a version of Christianity. <laughs> sure. And then, but sometimes it's like, yeah. you know what? If Ned is going to get made fun of for that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. okay with getting made fun of being too nice <laughs> sure. um, as a Christian, like or, yeah. or whatever. And so some yeah. of those things it's given me insight into how culture even v- views us mm. as Christians, which sure. is kind of fun. So interesting. Baldy like of the it. week, Homer Very J. Cool. So national celebration, uh, April twenty sixth, Administrative Professionals Day. It, yeah. So, so if this, if this wasn't on your radar, Pastor. Oh boy, so that's so that's uh, tomorrow. <laughs> so tomorrow. Yeah, there so you go. I'm bailing okay. you out here. Okay, very good. Okay. Oh, so on April 26, we get to celebrate National Administrative Professional Day. This holiday is always celebrated on the Wednesday of the last full week of April. Hmm. Although it is not observed as a public holiday, this day is still important, and there's much to celebrate. In fact, it's so important, it got its own episode on The Office. Oh, such a good, such a good show. So, these roles, uh, again, this is different than, like, Secretary's Day mm. um, in that not all secretaries are administrative professionals, but not all administrative professionals are secretaries. So it's like a sub mm. subsect. Okay. So we get to celebrate a broader scope okay. uh, on this day. But these roles of administrative professionals are hugely important in the church, especially nowadays. Mm. Um, so how have you as a pastor just seen mm. uh, people in these roles be a blessing to the churches you've served in? Gosh. Um, it <laughs> It's hard to say how um, important. Uh, I could easily uh, miss uh, state how important the office office manager types, the mm. administrative uh, professional types are in, I mean, in a- any any setting, but particularly in the church, um, to have that person who's answering the phones and managing calendars and sending out reminders and emails. And really what I found throughout my time of, of working in, in the church is that they're part of my brain, you know, and and they just they do it well. They do it without judgment, and making me feel like a stupid person, you know. Mm-hmm. Because really, what I found is is where I might uh, need s- some help. Um, they're strong in those areas, you know. And so in uh, Indiana, I didn't have a uh, someone who was mm-hmm. working in the office full time doing that. Um, at Bastrop, I had a part time Vicky. Uh, she and she was one of those those folks mm-hmm. who. What she did part-time for the church in her role as the office administrator, whatever, secretary, whatever her, her title was, <clears throat> and then what she did to volunteer in ministry, mm. what, it was like you, you couldn't distinguish one from the other. Right. And so she wasn't, she wasn't one who was like, okay, I'm, I'm clocking in and I'm clocking out. It was like – so th- I appreciated that serving spirit. I know it doesn't always work out well, mm-hmm. you know, in, in those in those roles, but it did there in Manhattan. Uh, Marion Fuller was was my uh, she was our office administrator and she's still there. She's been there for mm-hmm. close to 30 years. Uh, pastor after pastor she's been there and I'll tell you what one of the things that I loved about her so much was during the pandemic when everybody was at home. Uh, there wasn't a lot for everything I just shut down. And so there wasn't a lot for for, for her to, I couldn't think of things for her to do. And so I just told her, I said, would you help by just calling 
people in the church. And so mm. she got out the phone book, and every day for months, she went up and down the, the church directory and called people. And really, to be honest, she was just she wasn't a trained pastor because she went to seminary. She was a pastor in the sense that when things went wrong and people wanted prayer, they called her first before they called the pastor's <laughs> office. So I found out really through through, through Mary, and so I can't mm. say enough good about her. And then finally being here in, in uh, St. Joe here at Wyatt Park, uh, of course, Peggy was here for close to 25 years. And again, the, the institutional knowledge of people in those positions mm. – it's just it's invaluable, hmm. and so when when I came into this situation, and then she said, "Oh, and by the way, you know, my time is coming to an end pretty soon." I was in sort of a panic um, because there's just so I I just I'd never experienced going from one to the other, especially after such a, a tenured time. Sure, you know, and so when uh, of course now we are so thankful to have uh, Pam Wallace with us. But I'll tell you, there was right before we started the hiring process last year, um, and that's kind of when you were coming on board as well. Mm-hmm. We're kind of doing both both hirings and stuff. I, I kind of had a moment, of, a little bit of a panic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just like how are we going to do this? How are we going to bring in this new person who's going to – we're going to go from full-time to part-time and uh, get all of the stuff that Peggy knows, all of her expertise – and then, like, it's not like taking a, an SD card, you know, and, right. and, and moving it on over and it's done in a, in a few minutes. And so, um, thankfully, the process, thanks to Peggy, thanks to Pam, because the way they worked mm. out, but the, the way that they worked together, um, it just speaks volumes about both their professional attitudes and how they see this not just as a job, but they see it as a ministry, you know. Mm. And so, um, gosh, I, yeah, to be a blessing, I mean, one, they bless the staff in all the way, the things that they do. Sometimes it's planned and other times, as you know, like you're talking to someone in the office and and a need arises. Oh, we need this printed off or we need to to send this out or whatever. I mean, there's so many ways um, to to count just how much of a blessing. And and again, if they look at it as a ministry, like they're Mm -hmm. a part of the ministry team here at the church, then, you know, the way that they do it is in a whole other light because they're not here to just clock in and and get paid, but they're here because they want to serve the church and the staff. So, Dude, amen. (sighs) Amen. Huge blessings. I love it. Um, Well, I was going to ask you who needed a shout-out. You gave them all. I gave some shout-outs there. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I'll highlight the uh, two I got to work with over in in Shiloh because, like you said, uh, Peggy was a riot when I first got here. Um, just uh, one of the things that you kind of pointed out was the institutional knowledge and and the value to us as pastors is is preventing us from stepping on landmines. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just Very the so. the like well, you throw out an idea or you're thinking about doing something and it was kind of like you might want to think twice about that right. or consider these five things before you do. And just so helpful, yes. Because, yes. um, like you said, there's it's it's there, uh, but there's also just this knowledge of how things have gone on the number of things that have probably passed mm-hmm. over their desks, right. Um, right? That they can just keep you out of trouble. Absolutely, I love that. Yeah. Um, but and then yeah, Pam. Well, what I love was like I've thought like not only is that part of Peggy hard to. Um, replace, but just she made there was a certain vibe in the office mm-hmm. that was like, oh, I think I'm going to miss this. But Pam has been yeah. 
awesome. Brings and her own, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a unique uh-huh. and a little different vibe, but it's been yeah. like that's what I love is I get to come in here and enjoy being in this place. Yeah. Um, and I think again, you get the wrong person in that kind of role, oh. and it really can make oh, it yeah. probably miserable. It can yeah. Um, I you know yeah. I I've had uh, encountered. People where people didn't want to call the church, they didn't want to to sure. come in and just yeah. drop in because the person sitting in that role at the front, yeah, kind of the, the reception person, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so I've been very fortunate mm. to see mostly good, and we've gotten awesome. a couple of great ones since mm. I've been here. But um, some good friends of mine, Stacy Town, sat in the office admin role in, at Shiloh, and she's just been a great friend. And we spent way too many hours, yeah, just yeah. Laughing, laughing, yeah. laughing Good. in the office. That's awesome. Um, probably killed productivity. But there were these moments where, yeah. again, when people would come mm-hmm. in for Bible study or prayer afterwards, right. she created this environment where people would uh, would just mm-hmm. gather and people that wouldn't normally like just hang out together. Wow. But because we were part of the same church, it was like you had these moments mm-hmm. where you'd have you know an eighty year old guy laughing with the thirty year old pastor. Um, and, and in comes the, the youth guy or some youth and like just these moments where it was, she did a great job of creating an environment where we could mm. just chuckle um, awesome. and enjoy each other's presence. Um, that's cool. One of my favorite things too, was like when she'd be ranting or raving about something that was like, kind of like a burr in her saddle and then someone would call. Like oh. the the uh-huh. the ability to switch, like hello, this yeah. is Stacy Town, right, Shiloh's right. Fellowship, and I'm like, how did you do that? Like That's just awesome. um, that was hilarious. And then our, wow. I don't know that this was a uh, well, she kind of she played a lot of administrative role, but our creative arts director uh, Nicole, um, just brilliant at creating systems, mm-hmm. and uh, she was really great at taking something and making it better. I love that. Um, mm. So I would That's I learned good. to just drop something on her desk and walk away. And just let her and do then, her and magic. it would just it, like even if it wasn't her job, it would eat away at her. And then I knew I was going to get it back and make it look a whole lot better. <laughs> so thanks, Nicole. That's for all great. That. So again, celebrate Shout your administrative out. professionals, That's those great. people that just do some behind the scenes work yeah. and make life better for the rest of us. For sure. This day in history, April twenty fifth, which is yeah today. <laughs> 1792, the guillotine was first used in France to mm. execute highwayman Nicolas Pelletier. Mm. Pelletier? Pelletier. It's a French name. Highwayman, huh? So, now this is probably one of the most well-known execution devices humans have ever come up with. What are some of your other favorites? <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> execution devices. Uh, burning at the stake. Mm. Uh, well, so, <laughs> and there's a... Uh, <laughs> it's not my favorite, but um, Martin Luther, uh, mm. you know, the reformer, uh, he had some advice. I read this in one of his catechism books. Okay. And uh, and this wasn't like something that, you know, they, they put, you had to know in order to be baptized or to be confirmed or whatever in the Lutheran church. It was just like, a, it was for kids, you know, and, and so they had all these random things about Martin Luther. And, and one of his thoughts was... Uh, if you were going to be burned at the stake uh, for for heretical teachings or something, to ask for them to use dry wood because it would get hotter and you would burn faster and not not suffer as long. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
So, you know, and we are heirs to suffering. Yeah. As they say. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, capital punishment is obviously a, a very, you know, for, for it, it can be a controversial thing. And, and, and I get it. I mean, I, I always hate the idea that someone could be uh, killed and, and then you find out years later, oh, oh. They were innocent, they're, right? They're, so they're, they're, there's always that part of me. Of course, there are some some cases that you're like, okay, there's absolute right. like we saw on camera. Right. Everybody saw this right. person do it. So, uh, but you know, I guess one of the things that's probably a benefit to humanity is that in in the justice system and in, in deciding how are we going to kill people, we've devised a way to do it that's not as yeah, I mean, you see the electric chair, you know, kind of kind of stuff in movies. I don't know how accurate that is, um, but I, I think what we have. Are you thinking the Green Mile? Yeah, that, you know, there's the spot or doesn't wet the sponge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it just and and I've heard stories of of guards who you know served on death row and experienced that, and they talk about the sights and the smells and different things like that of when electric chairs were still used, and so I think. Uh, probably what we have today is probably the most humane way to do that. Do it if you're going to to do that. Uh, e- even still, uh, you know, I, I'm still very, mm. you know, we we just have to be very. Uh, that has to be like the last last option possible. Um, but I think we forget how brutal. Yeah, like we as humanity. Could be. I was going to say, you think about the crucifixion and, and what how that was. That was. That's. A, I mean, that one's the up worst. there. Yeah. Drawn and quartered. Mm. There's one I would want to yeah. avoid. Yeah. Tarred and feathered and hung up. Yeah. That would be brutal. Uh-huh. Like just having your. I mean, who thought of that? Let's tie four horses to a guy and oh just, my. just pull them until his <laughs> that's crazy limbs rip off. Probably where the guillotine. What where what the guillotine changes in this instance is. It's still like it's still sucky to watch, very right. <laughs> gory and stuff. But as far as the torture factor, yeah, to that person, yeah, they're done. Like, like in, the torture just waiting for it to drop. I guess <laughs> that's but. it. And then at that point, you're done. And so maybe maybe that's an improvement in in, in the in the history of of capital punishment in, in a sense. Um, so. Do you think a lot of those two, though, were like – like deterrent was uh-huh. probably a big part of these kind of things, that the show oh, yeah. of it oh, yeah. Um, yeah. was not just about punishing the person mm-hmm. for what they did, but also to tell everyone else, you want to think twice about doing this. I mean, and that's really what Rome – I mean, and probably others, but with putting up the, the crosses on public sure. highways was a do not cross yeah. Rome because this is going to happen to you as well. Um, so yeah, and I think probably all of the other ones as well. You know, to a certain extent, if you kill somebody, we will. <laughs> who's, the, who's, who's the comedian? Is it? Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's uh, one of the one of the redneck. Uh, oh, Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, I don't no? know if it was him. Oh, part of the four though. Yeah, it was, uh-huh. <laughs> he talks about Texas's um, stance on 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 capital punishment. If you come to Texas and you kill somebody. We're gonna kill you, right? So yeah, I mean, there's that deterrent factor in there. I would, I would hope so. Of course, there's gonna be some people who are just hell bent on destruction, and they've chosen their way that that they're gonna go. So, but sure. um, yeah, it's it's an interesting. Well, you think a lot of that has its roots in, um, you know, the 
early parts of the Bible where, again, if someone sheds blood by man, their blood will be shed. Mm-hmm. That there's this idea that if yeah. you take a life, there's a gravity to yeah, that. Yeah, gravity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a weight mm-hmm. to that, that God is the author of life right. and to defy him in that way. Yeah. And I'm so glad that he gave his son that he's not... Yeah. Uh, that and one you think about that that God even held Himself mm. to that standard by giving yeah. His Son and giving His life for the sake of others as a payment, and so I, I yeah. think yeah, it's it's real easy to talk about it as just brutality when part of the whole idea is rooted in that there's true value in human life and someone who would mm-hmm. take it ruthlessly. Yeah, that there should be a huge weight or consequence. To that, and sure. not that anyone's irredeemable, but d- just that idea of, uh, you know, part of it is uh, the drive was maybe not to cheapen life, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's again that kind of tension is a good one to wrestle with, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, justice and yeah, the the you know when when we think of the the, the price for you know, punishment, you know, what, what someone receives as a punishment for, for their, you know, we oftentimes talk about, well, the, the, the punishment didn't fit the crime, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so in that sense, the eye for eye, tooth for tooth um, concept of the Old Testament, and not just the Old Testament, I mean, you, sure. you see that in, in cultures all around humanity, where if you kill someone, you're going to be killed, um, you know, and at the same time, you don't kill someone for yeah. you know poking their eye out, right? Or somebody right. else's eye out, right? <laughs> sure, right. It, it limits yeah. that as well, right, that right. concept. Absolutely. So this idea that then God would step into uh, human justice and be on the wrong end of human <laughs> justice and right. be innocent and be be put to death, in a sense, really, you have to say, what greater hmm. love? You know, what greater show of of how you know God is setting and wants to set things right, and so because God was willing to go to those those depths and experience the worst of humanity's legal judgments, um, all the more greater that we can trust in in God to be the final judge when it's all said and done, mm. to put that in God's hands at the end of the day, because really you know someone could be killed on this side of eternity for you know let's say they they commit murder and then they're they're killed in some way. That's not the <laughs> that's not the ultimate right. you know judgment. The ultimate judgment will come when they would would stand before God, and and so it will be for for all of us to stand before God, who is the judge of, of mm. the living and the dead. And so we we just hold that in intention that He's righteous and and loving and truthful and merciful and all of these things together, and, and we can we can trust Him to He's the only only one that we can um, put put our lives in His hands and say okay. You know, this will be perfect justice on on that end. Amen. Man, I, so there you go. April 25th, 1792, guillotine first used in France. I'm sure there's a lot of executioners who feel this way about like our fast food kiosks. (laughs) This is like a piece of technology that was putting people out of business. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway. That's good. Sermon. Yes. I preached. You did preach. The Holy Spirit is the seal. Was there anything that just like, man... That guy, that was brilliant. I took a I took a picture of the screen. Oh, okay. The, uh, so when you had the the summary uh, for the seal of the Holy Spirit, the and, seal, and I liked how you started off with the illustration of what a seal is, especially like how you took it to this idea of these logos, these brands, 
you know. And I realized I should have played that up more, actually. Oh. I started to kind of ad lib uh, at the end, mm-hmm. but like I was like, that, that would work. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that enjoy it because that's the way I walked away going. I could have yeah. really made sure that even in the language of the sermon to like weave that in a little bit more. I like what you said at the end. You said the Holy Spirit is the the heavenly uh, brand, the the heavenly logo that's that's stamped upon yeah upon us. I thought that was a good tie into. I didn't have brand ambassador fun. written down, but that, that was came good. out. And I'm that like, came ah, out in the second the, service. I think. Yeah, those were the moments where yep. I was like, man, yep. come on. Oh yeah, that's that's probably the hardest part about preaching <laughs> two services is like then you 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 get to the other time and either you're gonna mess it up in a different way or you're going to say, man, I wish I would have said that in the first service, you know? Well, just preaching, it's like you yeah. do, it's like you come up with an idea that's like, okay, and then like you're preaching, you're like, oh my gosh, this could really work. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're a traveling speaker, you get to like refine that thing and do it 20 more times. Not us. Yeah. It's a good idea that just has to be left at mediocre. It, yeah. I just Especially if you're going to stay uh, at the same church for a while. <laughs> This is why guys move every three or four years. Right, right. I've run out seconds. of material. Yep. <laughs> um, so the seal of the Holy Spirit is a mark of, and this came from Ephesians one. one. Wow, Ephesians one. Uh, the holy, the seal of the Holy Spirit, and this all kind of came from from that uh, that passage there, uh, is a mark of God's choosing. So the seal on our life from the Holy Spirit is a mark of God's choosing. It's a mark of God's salvation. Uh, I really liked the uh, the mark of God's guarantee because you talked about how like a deposit, you know, you mm-hmm. put in a, a deposit, um, and then you you know expect to receive that back at some point. Uh, there's that idea of you had brought up all of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us, mm-hmm. encourages us, uplifts us. That we we could talk all day about how the Holy Spirit improves our lives, but really on this side of eternity, that's still just the deposit of what is still yet to come, what we're yeah. to receive. And so that was a poignant thought for me, uh, to think that we're just scratching the surface on uh, what we experience of God on this side of eternity through through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, you know, it's that idea that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I think even the Holy Spirit in us, like maybe is the first fruits of new creation. Yeah. That it's just like a little bit of the harvest that's coming. Mm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, his his work again as just making us a new creation. Like there's Absolutely. a fullness to that work that's coming. That's really exciting to yeah. think about. Yeah, that it's it, yeah. I mean, we are just in that in that space, that in between space mm. of having received God's Spirit, but we haven't received the the the. the fullness of what we are going to receive, you know, and so, and perhaps some of that is because we are um, earthen vessels, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cracked uh, cisterns who uh, we, we might be filled with the Spirit and, you know, in, in, in a sense, um, it kind of slips through our fingers heavily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amen. I, you, the, the, point, the thing that stuck with me in my study this week was maybe the tension between points two and four, the idea that we're not, yeah. that we're marked for salvation, not for wrath. Mm. Um, and so we don't need to worry. Like yeah. we're walking in God's grace, his mercy. Like that's, that's pledged and promised to us. Yeah. And then that idea of possession, though, like that, that doesn't mean that I, I live how I want right? Um, because I'm free from the consequence of it, that I, I actually get to live in line with the 
kingdom values um, and should see myself as a representative of heaven here on the earth. Yeah. Um, I just, I like that Paul will like, he'll ball all those ideas up in three sentences. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's... that dense, you know, that whole faith works. How does it all like tie together? It's like, I mean, there's so many places where like in a paragraph, he just like puts those two <laughs> things down in front of you and says, yes. Yeah. Not it, right. like which one is it? It's yes. It's all there. Yeah. Um, and so I, that was just, it was, it gave me another way to think and, and talk about that kind of tension mm. and idea. So, yeah. No, I, I, I liked it. See, now I didn't, I should have taken a picture of the, the, the final, the, the so what's. Um, oh, yeah. I do can, you, do you have those? Sure. Have, yeah, yeah. Because they go kind of in line. I was going to say, four. yeah, that's what I was thinking. So the idea of again when he is a mark of our what was the first one the choosing the choosing so uh-huh. you yeah uh, you get you are you live with purpose, purpose right that yeah. he's chosen you to That's herald good. the message to others because yeah. God's choosing is always he chooses one to save the many yeah and so it's that idea that I've been hand selected mm. to herald the gospel uh, to everyone who doesn't know it yeah um, so that they can step into that calling mm. so you live with purpose uh, the second one was that you live uh, in in grace. Uh, that because we are marked for salvation and life and mm-hmm. not for wrath, that we don't have to walk around on eggshells, yep. worried every time we make a mistake. We That's get good. to just understand that we've been marked and sealed in the Spirit in that way. Uh, the third one mm-hmm. is God, a mark of God's... Uh, guarantee. Guarantee, thank mm-hmm. you. I was, th- yep. was going to say pledge, but... Yep. Um, and that's just mm-hmm. the idea that we get to live with confidence and, yeah. and having faith and trust in God that he said it, so it's true. Yeah. So I don't need to walk around in doubt and fear. Um, that's good. I think Jesus in, in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he just really encourages people, don't live with worry, anxiety, yeah, anxiety doubt, yeah. fears, because right. God can be trusted, and he loves you. Yeah. Um, so know that. And the Holy Spirit, I think, is just a little token mm-hmm. that God, he, he's not asking us to do that blindly. Sure. He's actually given us something that we can feel, touch, and hang on to, yeah. to trust him for the rest of it. Absolutely. Um, and then the last one, uh, again, the mark of God's possession, that we live in righteousness, mm. that we pursue holiness, that we live. Yeah. And we, we Again, we live for the love of God and love other, others and not love of self anymore. Yeah. So... That was good, yeah. As as when I was looking at those, I, I thought to myself, yeah, I was making those connections of, of how they, uh, those four conclusions connected to the four points. So, um, yeah, definitely go back. Uh, that is, it's on YouTube. It's also on Facebook. But go back and, and watch, um, listen. If you haven't seen the this, the message uh, by Pastor Aaron, uh, go go ahead and, and so you're kind of keeping track of what's going on as we talk about the Holy Spirit leading up to Easter, and that's what, kind of what I like about this series is that when we get to Pentecost and we're celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, we understand all of that context mm. is, is there of what we're celebrating, you know, and so. Uh, continue to, to follow along with, with the with the messages. Uh, continue to worship with us, and I'm getting I like it's fun. Like yeah. I'm getting into the series. That's I good. might have finished my message Sunday for Pentecost. Well, you're I was ahead. Like, so hey, may, and maybe maybe I mean you know, and at times when I finish ahead of time, it'll and, shift, and sh- I'm sure yeah, the Holy Spirit will know. wreck that thing later. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, get, oh. for that that Saturday night before, you're like well. I've got something else. I don't know if that there, has, has well, that ever happened to you before. By the way, like where like the night before you scrapped a message and 
Yeah. Like, it's pretty rare. It's rare, I think the Holy Spirit can work in the planning, too. Uh But every once in a while, something will happen where he goes, Uh you weren't hearing me all these times. You were thinking you were getting ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but every one of the things that you've been doing for me lately is really um, one encouraging. You have these moments in your sermons lately that I'm like, God, I really enjoy the interaction. Okay. Like you put moments of interaction, so that was why I actually okay. did the logo mark this that. week. Was That's great. I'm like Ben does this, mm-hmm. and I really like. I don't know. It gets. I think it hooks them. Sure. It makes them feel like it's yeah. a little bit of a dialogue. Yeah. Um, and so that that was helpful. That's cool. That's and then fun. you usually you do a really great job at finding that key kind of image to hang things on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was where the like logo Love idea it. again came from. And That's so great. for for me, it's uh, that that hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, for the Pentecost message, mm. and so that was what kind of cool. got me rolling on it. So, but but those two things, like great. I've I've really seen a lot of that from you lately, and it's inspired me to kind of incorporate those kind of ideas in my message. That. So yeah, those are probably the the messages that if you can find that connecting illustration, it just makes it all the more um, for for you know me as as a, as a, a communicator. If 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 I'm not clear, what yeah. I'm, you know, and so that that helps me out. But I mean, there are certainly services and, and messages that you get into it, and you're like, how do you describe this? You know, and maybe yeah. you have to pull from a few different sources and a different. But if you can find that primary thing, and say, well, this is sort of like the because every sure. everyone is going to have its, you know, it's not going to fit exactly, but. But yeah, your little like who yeah. you're going to call bit on yeah. the helper was, I think, mm-hmm. really helpful. Mm-hmm. Like. Good. Again, you got to know who, and it's those moments that the that Holy Spirit can be that person. But for you sure. got him. Yeah, that's that interaction was great. Um, so, what's coming up this week? Are you on, we or have, is it? Pastor yeah, Cindy? yeah. So I'll be up this okay. week. Cindy, the following week, I'll be back up, and then you're coming in. Okay. On Pentecost on May 28th. Man, like, time is just dude, going by. just a freight train. Yeah. Just falling through life right now. Just going through. Yeah. I mean, school is getting ready to close and. Got our last D six coming up, and yeah, so so the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier, sanctifier this yeah. Week. So um, you know, there, there's there's Romans eight, um, which I'm tempted to to do because it, you, you had mentioned a little bit of Romans seven last week, um, Galatians uh, five as well. Even though the word sanctification isn't, you know, you don't see that word in there. Sure. There are some other passages. It it uh, illustrates those two passages illustrate how the Holy Spirit does sanctify us by producing life within us, sure. uh, by s- setting us apart for for life, for the fruits of the Spirit, for, you know, and, and not the fruits of, of the flesh. And mm-hmm. so I think both those passages talk about that. So um, I'm working, I think I've got a mental image of what I want to say, um, like a kind of a connecting point, I'm sure. still kind of working that out in my head. Um, but but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident of, of which way it's going to go. I just need to sit with either one of those passages and say, okay, which one am I going to pick and then go with that? So Because there's meat in both of those, and mm-hmm. certainly you could preach from both of those, but they, they really – Paul's really kind of saying the same thing in, in both both passages. So we'll – We look forward to hearing what it is. So, got to show up Sunday. Fun. Yeah, I've got to show or up on tune Sunday. In. That's right. Just got you on the edge of your seat. You just can't <laughs> can't wait to hear <laughs> what is coming yeah. up. Um, some things this week. We got our bid build April 29th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Yeah. Again, you can register on our Facebook page. There's a link there to do that. We could use more help. Yeah. Um, 
what there was a wait list of like a hundred plus kids waiting for beds, yeah. and so we're going to try to produce as many as we can. Yeah. I think the goal is maybe like forty or fifty, something, something like that. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, the more hands, yeah. the more we can get done. Uh, so if you're in St. Joe, whether you're a part of this church or not, we would love to have you come yeah. and help out. Um, if you don't have a church to go to, we're doing our all-together service on April 30th, 10 a.m. Uh, before that, the youth will be serving pancakes starting at 9. Mm. So come out, get some pancakes, and then come to church and hear about the Holy Spirit, our sanctifier. Yeah. Um, and then one last thing for uh, Wyatt Park folks, graduation Sunday, May 7th. Um, if you know a graduate or you are a graduate and you just want to be acknowledged, uh, we'll do a slideshow um, or we'll have your picture up, kind of what you're graduating from and where. Um, and then if you also will do a reception, so if you'd like a table to kind of just set up, show pictures, um, again, have a basket where people can give you cards, uh, you're welcome to do that. Um, you don't have to do either or or both, uh, but if you want to be involved in that, let us know by filling out that form. It's on our mm-hmm. website in the main menu there. Yeah. Or if you're on your desktop, it's at the top. At the top if yeah. you're on mobile, it'll be in the menu. Oh, Look okay. For it. It'll be in the menu. Okay. Yep. So anyway. No, that's great. A lot of a lot of good stuff. Folks, beware of the bears. Grace and peace out.